And the heavens opened, and a voice from heaven proclaimed, This is my beloved, my Son, in whom I am well pleased. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have a Bible or a Bible in front of you, I'll be reading from the third chapter of Matthew beginning with the 13th verse. Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to see me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. It's impossible to overestimate the importance of the baptism of Jesus, uh, not only to Jesus, but to us. Uh, It's the uh, hinge by which we begin to understand who Jesus really is. And if you don't see that, just take a look at Jesus' life before his baptism and life after his baptism. For 30 years, he devotes himself to a life that's not notable in any remarkable way. Uh, in Nazareth. Supposedly, he's working for his father and mother, um, and he's probably a a stone carver or a carpenter of some sort, uh, maybe working in Sephora, a city next to theirs, because Nazareth was so tiny and wouldn't have been much work there. And so he devotes himself to unremarkable things for 30 years. Uh, None of you, I can't, uh, name a single miraculous thing that Jesus does. His life and ministry for 30 long years. And then all of a sudden, he leaves his town in Nazareth in Galilee, and he goes down probably to the Jordan by Jerusalem, the Dead Sea, and he submits to this baptism uh, by John the Baptist. And when that happens, the heavens opened, a voice from heaven proclaims Jesus as my son, And the Spirit descends on him like a dove. And then he's launched into this Spirit-filled ministry that's, uh, for the next three years, filled with miracles. I mean, one miracle after another. He multiplies loaves and fishes, and and he heals sick people, and he walks on water, and he does all these miraculous things. For 30 years, nothing of remark uh, happens in the life of Jesus. And then all of a sudden he's baptized, and with that baptism he's launched into this spirit-filled, miraculous ministry. It's got to be incredibly important to the life of Jesus, to understanding Jesus, but also this gospel narrative of, of salvation, how God is working in the world today. We see it's important to Jesus, but it's critical and important to us as well. Jesus specifically went to be baptized by John the Baptist, a gospel 
who was preaching a gospel of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, does that strike a a dissonant chord in you? John the Baptist baptizing for the forgiveness of sins, and here's the one man in all of history who can say that he is without sin. He was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin, writes the writer of Hebrews. It's strange that this sinless man goes to John the Baptist to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And it's only Matthew who explains what's that all about. Why Jesus? Why this time? In chapter 3, verse 14, Matthew writes, John would have prevented him. John recognized Jesus for who he was, and he would have prevented him from being baptized. Uh, he He would say, wait a minute, Jesus, I need to be baptized by you. Why would you come for baptism? And Jesus answered him, it is proper to fulfill all righteousness. It's proper to fulfill all righteousness. See, that's the explanation of why Jesus submitted to John's baptism, to fulfill all righteousness. In another place it says, I came not to abolish the law and the prophets, I came to fulfill them. And so, in effect, Jesus is saying, I'm coming to baptism to take the curse that you deserve so that you can have my blessing." to fulfill all righteousness. It wasn't his righteousness because he's perfectly righteous. He didn't need anything to to fill. But it's the righteousness of those who were unrighteous, who needed God's righteousness in order to have a right relationship with God. So why was he baptized? To fulfill all righteousness, to satisfy the law, to live the life that we couldn't live. John the Baptist says, in effect, what you're doing, what are you doing in my place? Why am I doing what you should be doing? In other words, I I should be there and you should be here. Don't you see? I should be baptized by you, Jesus, the righteous one. And, And I should never even think of baptizing the only man in all of history who is perfectly righteous. It's what Luther calls the great exchange. Then the voice came from heaven, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. If he took our place, then we have his blessing. If he took our place, then we have his blessing, the Father's blessing on us to fulfill all righteousness. And so to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus submitted to the baptism of John for the forgiveness of sins, the repentance for the forgiveness of sins, to fulfill all righteousness. And so you see how this is incredibly good news to us. And what it says to us is, God is not angry with you. 
He rejoices over you. He sings loud songs over you. He's pleased with you. He loves you. And and his grace is extended to you. It means that you are my son, are words that are our words. This is my beloved son. If we've given him our unrighteousness and he's given us his righteousness, then those words are meant for us. You are my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. He delights over you, and he loves you. John, in the first part of his gospel, says it this way, To all who believe and receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. And so by adoption, we have this relationship, this new relationship with God, And by adoption, we have this opportunity to be called as children. And he delights over us as the father delights over his children. In 1 John, it says, Behold, what manner of love the father has given unto us, that we should be called the children of God. In Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. If Jesus submitted to baptism to fulfill all righteousness, that means that he has taken on our sins and we've taken on his blessing. You are my beloved son, and I'm well pleased with you. Jeremiah says of Israel, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And in Romans 8, nothing in all of creation will separate us from this love. If Jesus took our place in baptism and we took his, we have the Father's blessing. The Father's blessing rests on you and upon me. Ellen and I rented uh, a movie, The Great Santini, last week. We've been hearing about it for years and years. It's an old movie. It must be 40 years old. And I'm sure most of you have seen it at one time or another. It's, it's always on the TV. We've never had a chance to watch it. And it's a, a fabulous movie of God's redemption. Uh, Robert Duvall plays Bull, and he's a uh, military guy. But more than that, he, I mean, he's just a hateful guy. He's, he's, uh, he's military in the worst sense. You know, he's a he's Marine, and he's bossing everyone around, including his family. And his family comes to resent it terribly. And he abuses his family. He neglects his family. His kids begin to hate him, uh, wish he wasn't home. He, he drank, and he was abusive. And one night, the son, the teenage son, Ben, comes into the kitchen to find his dad pushing his mom around, but about ready to hit his mom. And Ben intercedes and tackles his dad against the refrigerator. And he begins to raise his hand, and at that moment, both Ben and Bull, the father and son, uh, realize just how dysfunctional this family really is. And they both put their fists down. Bull gets up, and he runs out the house in a drunken stupor. After a little while, the next scene shows the mother 
on the porch looking down the road. And again, maybe m many of you realize or remember this from watching the movie, but she's looking down the road hoping that she can spot Bull someplace running around the neighborhood. And she turns to her son, Ben, who walks out on the porch, and she says, Ben, go get him. And Ben says, no way in the world am I going to go get him. I hate him. I hate him for what he's done for you. I hate him for what he's done to this family. I, I, there's no way in the world I'm going to go get him. And she turns to him and says, Ben, go get your father before it's morning so that he's not embarrassed when the neighbors see him. And so Ben reluctantly goes around the neighborhood calling for his dad finds his dad uh, drunk, almost asleep at a tree way down the street. And a wonderful scene. He, he says, Dad, Dad, come on home. And Dad says, no, I'm not going home. He says, Dad, come on home before it gets light. And he says, no, I'm not going to go home. And he, so he begins to pick his dad up, and his dad takes a swing at him. He doesn't want to go home. He wants to fight. And, and so Ben says, Dad, I love you. And Bull, the father, doesn't want to hear that. He doesn't want to hear it. And so he resists it, and he fights it. And, and after a while, they go back and forth. And the, the son, Ben, uh, tries to pick his dad up and, and says, Dad, I love you. And Bull doesn't want to hear it anymore. So, uh, so what happens then is the quintessence, what's the word? Quintessence. It's the, yes. it's the high point of the movie. It's the high point of the movie when Ben, the teenage son, dances around his father and says, Dad, and his father's taking swings at him, Dad, I love you. You can't stop me from loving you. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. You see, that's, that's a picture of the gospel of Christ. He wants us to know that he loves us. He, he wants that love to get into our hearts so that it transforms us. It's the message of the gospel lesson today. It's the message of Jesus taking upon himself what we deserve in order to give us the blessing that we don't deserve. It's the gospel. Jesus is our substitute. He lived a life that we couldn't possibly live up to. And he died the death that we deserve to die so that we could have a reconciled relationship with a God who loves us so much. We can have the Father's blessing. That's the good news that I share with you today. We can have the inner assurance that we are his children by adoption. We can have the inner assurance of his love, the inner assurance that in, that in him... We are people to whom he uh, loves and rejoices over. And so, why was Jesus baptized according to Matthew and Mark and Luke and John? Why was Jesus baptized? Jesus was baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness. That's what Matthew wants us to know. John the Baptist, in effect, says, No, Jesus... No, Jesus, I don't need you to baptize me. I, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus says, no, let us try.
trade places, you and me. It's right. It will fulfill all righteousness. Amen.